Welcome everybody to our weekly Torah podcast. This week's podcast is dedicated in memory of Mr. and Mrs. Harold and Shirley Pasternak, Herschel Ben David, and Sima Devora Bas Yecheskel. This week's Torah portion, Parshish V'Eschanan, is always read the Shabbos after Tisha B'Av. It's also called Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of Consolation. In the beginning, Moshe tells us, Eschanan el Hashem ba'esehi lemor. After Hashem had told Moshe that he would not be allowed to enter into Eretz Yisrael, Beschanai pleaded with Hashem to be able to allow me to enter into the land. The Rabbis tell us several things about this word, Veschanan. First of all, there are many different expressions of prayer. Veschanan implies expression of requesting, begging for kindness, even undeserved kindness. Moshe said, perhaps I may have sinned and may not deserve to enter into the land, but please do me a favor anyway, allow me to enter into the land. The rabbis likewise say the word Veschanan has a numerical value. In Hebrew, every single letter has a numerical value to it. So the numerical value of the word Veschanan is 515, which is the same numerical value of the word Shira, and as well as the word Tefillah, prayer and song. Moshe prayed and sang again and again and again to be allowed to enter into the land of Eretz Yisrael. Hashem tells them, Ravlach al-Tosef daber alai Enough! Don't speak to me about this anymore. The rabbis tell us that Hashem said, it's, it's final, the decree is final, you will not be allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael. It behooves us to understand why is it that Moshe was so insistent about going into the land. The Gemara in Sot tells us an interesting thing. The Gemara says, why did Moshe want to go into the land anyway? Did he want to just enjoy the fruits of the land? Certainly Eretz Yisrael is a land blessed with delicious fruits, as we see the spies brought back special, unique fruits. But is that why he wanted to enter the land? Certainly it's because Hashem tells you he wanted to fulfill the mitzvahs. There are many mitzvahs which can only be performed in Eretz Yisrael. Hashem said, if that's the only reason you want to go, don't worry, I'll give you the reward as if you fulfill those mitzvahs. So the Gemara seems to imply that Moshe wasn't going into, didn't want to go into the land for physical material purposes, it was for spiritual purposes. And Hashem tells them, okay, I'll consider it as if you went and you'll be able to get all the spiritual advantages of living in Eretz Yisrael. But that in itself is a little bit difficult to understand too. Because first of all, Moshe was not allowed to enter into the land as a punishment. He hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. So if Hashem is telling him, you'll get all the reward for entering into the land without entering into the land, what kind of punishment is that? Furthermore, there's an interesting medrash that describes Moshe's pleas with Hashem. Please allow me to enter into the land. If I can't go in as a human being, let me go in as an animal. Transform me into an animal. I'll be able to go in as an animal to eat the grass of Eretz Yisrael. And if not that, let me go in as a bird at least. So Hashem tells them, no, you can't go in in any form whatsoever. Now, if Moshe's purpose of entering into land was to fill the mitzvahs, then why would he want to go in as, a, as an animal or as a bird, animals and birds wouldn't be obligated to keep the mitzvahs anyway. So it doesn't seem to be that Moshe's only reason for entering the land was to fulfill the mitzvahs. And I believe that the reason we don't understand this is the same reason we don't really appreciate the loss of the Beis Hamikdash and properly more in the loss of Yerushalayim today on Tisha B'av. We don't really understand what Eretz Yisrael means to the Jewish people. When the Jewish people sinned in the desert with the sin of the golden calf, the Torah tells us that they are punished, and that they that there's punishment that they had to. There, some of them were killed, and some of them 
where some of them had, had drank certain waters and died and died in a plague. And Hashem tells them also that, the, that this punishment will be spread out over the course of time. But then they moved on. Hashem forgave them. And they'll be allowed to enter into the land of Eretz Yisrael too. However, when the Jewish people sinned with the spies, they sent spies to the land of Eretz Yisrael, and they brought back a negative report. And the people were crying that night. They came back on Tishabov. That's when the people passed out. The people cried that night. Hashem told them, Tonight you're crying for no reason. You're afraid, of, afraid to enter into land? Don't you trust me that I will take care of you? I promise I'll give you something in the future to cry about on this day. That's the day of Tisha B'Av, a day marked for tragedy throughout Jewish history. Now the punishment for the sin of the spies was much more severe than that of, than that of the sin of the golden calf. Shem told them they would not be allowed to enter into the land. That generation would die in its entirety. Their children, the following generation, will be allowed to enter into the land. But the people that sinned with the Muragam, with the spies, when the spies brought back a negative report, the people that became disillusioned, those people would not be forgiven. You see, an amazing thing. For the sin of the golden calf, which is idolatry, one of the most severe types of sins, a capital offense, that they were forgiven. But for the sin of Lashon about Eretz Yisrael, speaking and accepting slander about the land of Israel, for that they were not forgiven, that they would have to die. We see something very special here about Eretz Yisrael that we may not really be able to understand. It seems that the sin of not appreciating Eretz Yisrael is worse than the sin of idolatry in some ways. Indeed, Chazal tells us, Rashi brings us down, Ramban says similarly to, from the Medrash, that one who lives in the land of Israel is like he has a God, and one who does not live in the land of Israel is like he does not have a God. Now certainly this does not mean to say that just merely living in the land of Israel takes the place so you don't have to do anything else. But there's something special about just being present in the land of Eretz Yisrael, that there's a certain connection that can be made with the Almighty that cannot be made outside of the land. And there's something unique about that land, which is why it's considered comparable to having a God as opposed to living outside of Eretz Yisrael, which is comparable to not having a God. Rashi tells us in Parshas Ekev that all the mitzvahs were intended to be fulfilled in Eretz Yisrael. Although certainly we know the mitzvahs are Tulius Boritz, there are certain mitzvahs which are contingent upon the land of Israel. The agricultural mitzvahs, for example, which can only be fulfilled in the land of Israel. Belazo Shemitah, the seventh year, which only applies to Shemitah, to Israel. The, the laws of the tithings, the trum and the miser, of the, the certain tithings that have to be taken from the produce that's grown in Israel. Again, that only applies in the land of Eretz Yisrael too. The many other lands, has, many other mitzvahs as well, that only apply in the land of Israel because they're associated with the, with the land. But other mitzvahs, mitzvahs which are dependent upon the person, those are equally obligatory outside of the land of Israel too. There's no greater mitzvah, it would seem, to honor one's parents in Israel than outside of Israel. Or to keep observing Shabbos inside Eretz Yisrael than keeping Shabbos outside of Eretz Yisrael. And Rashi tells us, on Pasek in Vayayim Shemoah, that the whole purpose of filling the mitzvahs outside Eretz Yisrael is sort of like a practice to be able to fulfill it inside Eretz Yisrael. What that means to say is that certainly there's an obligation to keep the mitzvahs outside of Eretz Yisrael too. But the mitzvahs can only be optimally fulfilled in the land of Eretz Yisrael. It reminds me a little bit about 
there are certain types of animals and certain types of plants for that matter, which can only be grown and can only live properly in their own environment, their own climate. And let's say, for example, certain types of animals can be taken out of that climate into the zoo and around the world. And perhaps we can even replicate the climate. Here in Cleveland, we have in the zoo a plane called a park called the Rainforest, which they literally, it's an indoor type of a zoo where they've duplicated, replicated rather, the, the climate of the rainforest. They have all different types of animals which could not live outside of that type of a climate. Yet despite the fact that they can be bred over here, it's not the same thing. The animal is not the same outside of their, uh, their natural habitat that they are in their natural habitat. It's pretty clear these animals are intended to be live in their natural habitat, not outside, even in a similar replicated type of a climate. That's the way this the mitzvahs too. The mitzvahs were meant to be fulfilled, they're optimally fulfilled in the land of Eretz Yisrael. Each mitzvah that a person does is able to, is able to create a certain spiritual energy which is much more powerful in the land of Eretz Yisrael than it is outside of the land of Eretz Yisrael. That's why the rabbis tell us, Avir the Aramachim, the heir of Eretz Yisrael makes a person wiser. Rav Dessler says an interesting insight. He says when he first moved to Eretz Yisrael, he found that the Balmusser is a person that worked very much on, on, growth, on spiritual growth. Things that it took him a lot longer to accomplish, to achieve in his personal growth outside of Eretz Yisrael, he found in the land of Eretz Yisrael, he was able to accomplish it in a much shorter time. There's something special about being in the land of Eretz Yisrael itself that cannot be replicated outside of Eretz Yisrael. Indeed, that might be the reason why Moshe wanted to go into the land so much. He begged and begged. Hashem tells him, certainly, if you want the schar for the mitzvahs, I'll give you the schar for the mitzvahs. But it was, that was still considered a punishment. Because although he can get the reward for the, for the mitzvahs, again, it's sort of like raising a certain type of an animal, the, the certain type of animals that might not be able to live outside of their proper climate. We could raise them in a different climate also, in, in, a, in a replicated climate. But it's not the same thing. You can tell the animal is not in its natural habitat. It doesn't, it doesn't thrive the same way as it would in its natural habitat. The mitzvahs of Moshe being, well, being able to do in Eretz Yisrael would have been much greater than the reward than the mitzvah he would be able to receive, albeit not going to the land. And that's the Moshe asked, even let me go in as, a, as an animal or as a bird, although it wouldn't even be obligated in the mitzvahs, but to be able to, be able to bask in the air of Eretz Yisrael and the refined spiritual air of Eretz Yisrael, to be able to imbibe in the atmosphere of the spirituality of the land. He begged, he cried, he hoped to be able to accomplish, to be able to get something, to dwell in the land itself on some level. That's what Moshe's request was. And Hashem tells him, I'm sorry, Moshe, that I can't grant you. He has to be punished. And there are reasons for that also the rabbis tell us. But nevertheless, though, that, grant, that wish would not be granted. The rabbis tell us, regarding Tisha B'Av, called Miss Abel al-Yushalayim, when a person really mourns the loss of Yerushalayim, that person merits to see it being rebuilding. And to the contrary, a person that does not mourn the loss of Yerushalayim, that person will not merit to see the rebuilding of the land. This is a powerful statement. A person has to be able to feel the availus, to feel the mourning of the land. So, so many years, 
we have Baruch Hashem Eretz Yisrael is a beautiful country today. But despite the fact that it may be a beautiful, thriving country with Jews living there and so, so much building going on, literally part of the Israeli, part of the Yerushalayim horizon are, are cranes. You see constant building. But we know that there's something which is missing. Something that that, that, that spiritual element is something which is missing. And although we, can, we, th- we strive to be there, we want to be able to be there. But nevertheless, even, even the Jew in Eretz Yisrael today also, there's something which is missing. And that's a person, it's how a person recognizes the chashivas, the importance, the beauty of what the land itself has to offer. That person will be able to merit to see the rebuilding of Yerushalayim too. He'll be able to thrive, be able to, be able to get what the, the accomplishments, what the land is meant to offer. A person doesn't recognize that, a person doesn't realize what it is that he's missing, he can be perfectly satisfied outside of Eretz Yisrael, or satisfied in Eretz Yisrael too, for that matter, without realizing, without appreciating what Eretz Yisrael is all about, the spiritual gifts, spiritual treasures that the land has to offer. That person, unfortunately, has missed it. That person is incapable of being able to appreciate what, this, what, the, what, what, what Yerushalayim is all about, what the loss, what the destruction is all about, for that matter too. There's no coincidence this Parshat is always, is always read immediately after Tishabov, because it fills us with a certain sense of a yearning after we've just gone through the Tishabov and mourned the loss. It gives us that sense of yearning to be able to return to Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't allowed to enter into the land. We're free to enter the land. We can enter into Eretz Yisrael today. But unfortunately, we don't always have the appreciation for it. We turn to Moshe as a source of inspiration to appreciate what the gifts the land of Eretz Yisrael has to offer us. May we be able to realize those gifts speedily in our days. Have a great week, everybody, and Bez Hashem will be together again next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.